Hello, hello. My name is April Malone, and I'm with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Allison Nelson from Connecticut with me. She is with Make Biz Happen. Allison, I know you're coaching, and you're doing all this stuff. Tell us what you do, who you are, and why. Why? Why all the things? <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, sure. So I am first and foremost a mom and a wife. I am a mom to a little four-year-old girl and I am a wife to a, a wonderful, very supportive husband um, who was an engineer for a really, really long time. And I started my sort of journey into entrepreneurship when I got pregnant with my daughter. I was working in education and I knew that it wasn't a place that I could see myself working in and leaving her at home or leaving her with somebody else. So I wanted to make sure that I that I made moves towards uh, making my dreams happen. So I started a product based business that I actually do with my husband to this day. It's changed a little bit. It's now a non for profit. Um, we, we actually just uh, have give back shops and we give back the proceeds. But in the beginning, it was about uh, building our own products. Mm -hmm. And what I found interesting was that a lot of my audience and my customers were moms who wanted to work from home and or had started their businesses from home and they were struggling. And so they would ask me a lot of times, well, how did you build a business with no capital or with a two year old at home and no childcare, very little childcare mm -hmm. with your husband working all day? You know, how did how did you do that? And so I started a blog along with the products uh, on the same website talking about entrepreneurship and things. And I, 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 you know, I was asked, people kept asking me questions. I was asked to speak on it. I was like, you know, I guess I could monetize yeah. this. So <laughs> I started with a group coaching program. Uh, you know, just let me see, like, if this is something I like doing. Turns out I love it. Turns out the educator in me really loves to continue to teach, um, even if it's not in a classroom environment. And so uh, here we are today. That was a year and a half ago or okay. so. And now I am a business coach and I help ambitious moms cut the BS in their business so that they can move from side hustle to consistent monthly four-figure income. I need that <laughs> and more. Uh, <laughs> it's been yeah. fun. Yeah. Now, what kind of educating were you doing? So I am an organic marketing specialist. I teach women how to build their service-based business online with organic marketing habits and uh, strategies. So that is a lot of, you know, sort of knowing your ideal client, being able to reach them, talk to them, building relationships, um, building offers that help them move them from point A to point B so that they can have a transformation just like you will be able to. <laughs> okay, so that's what you're doing now. What kind of education were you in mm -hmm. before? Oh, I, I was a school counselor before. Okay. Um, so I actually, I have my school counselor degree, which is very helpful, by the way, when, <laughs> when I'm coaching. Um, and so that's been really nice. But I, my last job was working as a career and a, like a career counselor. And I was creating um, programs and curriculum for the entire district okay. for, um, you know, for 21st century skill building and things like that. How long were you doing that? I did that. I did that in two different colleges and then at one high school. So total, I did it for about probably three or four mm -hmm. years. So I like to ask people about their journey from moving from their, their brick and mortar mm -hmm. job or corporate or whatever it was to working from home. Mm -hmm. um, 
like struggles yeah. and frustrations and things that you've overcome just like the mm -hmm. maybe the physical side sure. of working from home as far and as, as sorry mm -hmm. the mindset and the emotional part of it as well yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's hard. I was, I was postpartum. So <laughs> there's a lot of emotional things about that. But no, when I decided to leave my job and realized I was going to work from home, there was a lot of discipline um, that needed to happen that I didn't realize I didn't really have for myself mm. that I had for other people, oh, yeah. uh, for bosses or my superintendent, you know, I really, really looked up to her. Um, and for a time, I thought that maybe that was my route. Um, so I was, I, you know, I was, I answered to her and that was great, but like answering to myself and disciplining myself to be my own boss, um, definitely really, really hard at mm -hmm. first. Um, I think also, you know, then you go into like, well, if you're home working, you can just work and work and work. And, you know, having that boundary of um, making sure that like, nope, it's time, time to stop working. And knowing that if I'm just going to be a mom and just going to work and that's it, and I don't have a third leg to stand on, I'm not going to survive. Okay. And that's not success. So sort of learning that was definitely at first like, oh, okay, that was a slap in the face. The last uh, interview that I did actually with Eric Twiggs, he is the mm -hmm. procrastination prevention partner and he gave some really good advice and mm -hmm. he's like, you just need to schedule time for yourself and like literally put it on your calendar mm -hmm. the same way that you would if you were scheduling an appointment with someone else. And I'm like, wow, I will totally rock Absolutely. up for everyone else. But, you know, if I'll have a goal of doing something today, mm -hmm. I'll let myself get distracted. But if I put on my calendar that I think might really make a difference to be like, no, this is. Just as, as just as important yeah. as this interview or this coaching call or this other thing that I needed to do with someone else. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Just making yourself a priority and having those hard stops. And that's all boundary building. And honestly, the clients that I work with, they they have trouble with that. I think a lot of people have trouble with boundary building. Mm -hmm. We're not necessarily uh, taught that in school and things that, you know, we have to build boundaries. We're taught you have to be here at this time and that's it. And then when we're out in the real, real world and we have to make that schedule for ourselves, we're like, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> so. And some people it's easy mm -hmm. for them to say yes, yes, yes. And then that's where, you know, you can, mm -hmm. you can do too much. And then other people, you know, they're just trying to get by with a bare minimum and really need the <laughs> kick in the butt. So I think a lot of it has to do for with sure. personality Absolutely. and, you know, also just what's happening at home. So what's happening in your home right now? Right. So what's happening in my home is that my daughter is four. So with COVID, she is in preschool, but she is only in preschool for a couple of hours every morning. Okay. They've kind of got this hard stop of 12 o'clock going on over there because of the COVID precautions. So she is in preschool in the mornings, which is when I typically try to do all of my mm -hmm. work um, with, with client facing work, let's say. Um, and then I will usually take a couple of hours, probably two times a week during the week to, um, to make sure that I'm, you know, doing making sure I'm keeping things going. Yeah. Um, so as I've hired a team, things that it's been a little bit easier to do that. But also I have to manage that team as well. My husband is at home uh, with us full time. So that is helpful. Um, sort of that built in other parents um, is always there kind of thing. So that's been really great, especially because we don't live, we live far away from our family. You too. Um, my, I live in Connecticut. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah, I live in Connecticut. My parents live in New York. Um, they're not that far away. They're an hour and a half away, but they have jobs and they have lives. And so they can't be here all the time. And especially with the COVID precautions, we're trying to stay as safe as possible. Uh, so 
my mother-in-law travels. Uh, that's what she does. So, you know, she's not around too much. So I, it's really, really helpful to be able to be the kind of parent I want to be and the kind of business owner I want to be when I have my husband. Out. Yeah. Our family is more like if we didn't have kids and we just drove straight through, it'd be a 24 hour drive. But with the kids, it's more like a 30 hour or more drive or a flight. Uh, so um, we're in Arizona and uh, my family's yeah. in Minnesota and his parents are in Arkansas and, you know, our extended family is just kind of all over. So, yeah, we don't have anyone within 24 to 30 hours of us. Um, so, you know, we've yeah, had to. It's really tough. Uh, this year was going to be the year that my kindergartner was going to go to school. <laughs> she went to preschool last year. And then this year we have all three kids home. So and you said your husband uh, was an engineer. That's right. Yep. He's a mechanical engineer. Okay. But now he's mm -hmm. stay at home dad or working from home with you. Yep. Yeah, he's a stay-at-home dad, um, and he is—he does do—he manages this, the product-based. I mentioned before, we have a product-based side to our business. He manages that. Mm -hmm. um, we have some give-back shops, so talking to the the families that um, we partner with for the give-back shops, um, managing the products. We have a dropship model, but um, we don't have to do inventory or anything. But we still have to manage the the shop and um, take in new designs and things like that. And we're also so launching um, a series of designs for uh, entrepreneurs for my audience, uh, particularly. What so kind of products? He helps me with that, and he has. Uh, well, we are going to be doing an affirmation card deck. Um, we are going to be just designing a couple of new mugs, um, a couple of new teas, some stationary items like journals and stickers and things like that. So really excited. Awesome. For that. And you said you do drop shipping. So that means that yeah. someone else mails everything for yeah. you. You just only That's right. work on the design part and, um, and the customer stuff. That's right. Yep. And the marketing of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Had you ever had any of the product in your home or did you start with that drop shipping model from the very beginning? We started with it from the very beginning. We were a little, um, we were a little confused as to what to do, but we also knew that we were not the kind of people to stay up late at night packaging orders and sending them out. And we're not those people. So we thought, let's try it, see what happens. It was sort of a fluke that it took off. It wasn't something, you know, we ended up hiring a designer for some of the, items. And then when we moved over, when COVID hit, we actually ended up moving over to this fundraising uh, give back shop model uh, 100% because my coaching business took off and it was just a little bit, it just felt like the right thing to do with everything going on. Okay. So the coaching business is sustaining everything. Mm -hmm. And then that's like your, that's right. the way that you can share with the community and yeah, it's it's a passion project. It's a, it's a way to give back. It's how we started. It's me keeping my foot in the door with products um, and, you know, being able to help certain entrepreneurs with with their products, um, things like that. You know, I, I don't know what the future will hold, but I do love um, being able to have my own branding, being able to have my own products and knowing that, you know, we know how to do it. And it's a pretty seamless now that it's been two years we've been doing it. It's pretty seamless. My first uh, step into the entrepreneurial world was years ago when um, my second was born. So when he was about, mm -hmm. I don't know, four to six months, I started an online store. But I was having all of the products shipped to my home. And then I was like mm -hmm. the one-stop shop. And we were kind of like putting things together and then mailing them out. And it was pretty intense. 
Um, that basically went dormant. I still have that inventory, but, uh, when I moved out of state and then out of state again, it was just too much to keep with like all of the taxes and things. And I was just like, it's just easier to not sell it right now until I'm like more established. And I'm, I'm still, I don't know if I should, (laughs) I'm looking up here because I can see some of the product that I have in my office. Um, (laughs) you know, so that product Mm -hmm. at some point might just end up being a giveaway that I do. Um, cause it was cool stuff. But I, you know, yeah. trying to run to the post office. Mm-hmm. And so you you were saying, how do you do it with a, with a two-year-old and stuff? I did a lot of baby yeah. wearing. I had one kid strapped to my front and one kid strapped to my back. And I'd be running to the courthouse and to the post office and everywhere to, love it. to get my business oh, started. I love, I love that. Yeah. No, absolutely. I remember those days, like bouncing her while she was uh, in the in the carrier. Yeah, she was in the little, I had a Tula. Um, and yeah, and she would like bounce her in that. Yeah. Yeah. Those were, those were the days. (laughs) Oh yeah. We still have a Tula, but, um, I think that none of the kids can fit anymore. (laughs) I should pass it on. Yeah, I know. And I actually was just saying to my husband, I wish I could put her in that because some, like now at four, she like runs around like crazy. And I'm like, sometimes I wish I could just put her in that and hold her to me and just do what I have to do. They have bigger sizes. Like seriously, like we actually did use. She wouldn't uh, do it. We had a preschool kinder, we had a kinder pack, we've had a Tula, we've had them all. Um, uh-huh. And then, they, and then yeah. the, now they even make the one that you can wear two kids at one time on purpose. I have, I had to have two different carriers. I think we mm-hmm. had two kinder packs, one on front, one on back. Um, but yeah, we, like if we go to the zoo or somewhere that was intense with walking, we just bring it along as like a, you know, but then the big kids would want to get into, <laughs> they mm-hmm. would just be hanging out of it. Yeah. All yeah, right. She's so tall that I don't think it would work, but we bought a wagon yeah. for things like that. Yes. Yes. So how was that transition for your husband? Um, he was working a full-time job as a mechanical engineer. Like, did he right. want to come home? <laughs> uh, he actually, because of COVID, he lost his job. Um, okay. So, so he lost his job in April. Yeah. And, um, and we decided that he wasn't going to go back after we realized um, that no, my business can actually sustain us. And, you know, we're not I wouldn't say we're 100% independent, we're sort of still in the first few steps of it. But uh, mm-hmm. my business can uh, sustain our lifestyle currently. And mm-hmm. um, it will just, you know, it will grow from there because of all the benefits that him being home brings us. Um, We're much happier as a family. We spend much more quality time together versus, well, this is the only time we have together, um, which is super important, especially when you work from home, just knowing like, you don't have to spend all the time together, just quality time together, right? So yeah, that's really important. So it's, um, it's been really nice. So we decided a couple of months after he lost his job, you know, you don't have to go back. Like, we're just going to keep it the way it is. This is this is really good. So. so in our household, my husband is the one who enjoys cooking and cleaning. Well, I, I can't say that he enjoys uh-huh. cleaning, but he cares more <laughs> about cleaning than okay, I do. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, my like, husband, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. My husband doesn't. Was, oh, I'm sorry. My husband doesn't clean, doesn't really like to clean. I will say that. He's not really into it. We have always had a really good relationship with the fact that he's he minds he doesn't mind doing dishes and I do. Mm-hmm. I do not mm-hmm. like but he doesn't like doing laundry and I'm okay with doing laundry. So yeah. that has always been really helpful. Yeah. He cooks every meal though. Mm-hmm. He feeds he feeds all three of us. We nobody would eat if he wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Um, in our family, uh, I don't know, maybe five years ago, like when about that same time when I had the the business just starting and the two little ones, they were only eighteen months apart, and so it was wow. like having two babies in the house. Uh, mm-hmm. There was just always kind of like this frustration about the housework, right? And one day I finally yeah. sat down and I said, "Sweetie." If you were to come into the house and you had 30 minutes, you needed, just needed to get some stuff done, you know, what are mm-hmm. the first things that you would do first? And he's like, oh, I would do like the general pickup. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, because that's what I would do last. I would always mm-hmm. start with the dishes and the laundry. To me, the dishes and the laundry have to get started first because they can get mm-hmm. running while I'm doing the other stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, I would right. do dishes and laundry last. Because the general pickup. And so just recognizing that we would, that we have a different priority if we only have that 30 minutes or something like that. And right. and so basically I am the one that always is starting the laundry. Um, I hate folding. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll sort all the clothes. I'll get them through the washer. I'll get them over to the dryer. And then someone else is going to fold them. So sometimes I'll pull them out of the dryer and just throw them on the couch. <laughs> and someone nope. else is going to do it. Um, sometimes I'll fold the big stuff as it comes out, but, um, or if I'm really feeling generous, I'll just fold things as I take them out. But I hate just folding a whole pile. Um, I would only do that like once a month if I had to, or I'll make the kids do it. My kids are old enough now that, um, especially if, yeah, they're, they're nine, eight and five. And, um, you know, if my, if my son or my daughter or someone, uh, maybe needs a little bit of course correction, I would be like, Hey, there's a pile of laundry that you can do before you want to go do this other thing. You got to get this laundry folded. So that's right. No, I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I know having a four-year-old, I'm not quite there yet, but she does pull out her own clothes from the laundry yep. and brings them into her room. She likes being Good. able to find like, Oh, what's mine? What's mine? So mm-hmm. that's helpful yeah. at least. But yeah, we're, um, we're very much like it's an unspoken rule that he'll do the dishes. I'll do the laundry, but there are times where like, if I see the dishwasher is clean, it needs to be unloaded and I have five minutes, I'll do it. And if he sees yeah. that the washer needs, you know, the wash needs to be switched over to the dryer, but I'm downstairs working, he'll do it, you know, but yeah. like for yeah. the most part, it's an unspoken rule that like, that's my job and the dishes are his job. So yeah, and that's, and, and the that's just can been. help with the dishes too. <laughs> yeah. We yes. Have, I know she, yeah. We've got a lot of like, um, metal dishes like a lot of metal cups and things and so they go kind of Montessori style they go on a lower shelf where the kids can reach everything and so I'll be like hey kids I need to unload the dishwasher right now I'm opening it up come on over before you play your game we're gonna get this done and I'll you know put up the high glass things I mean they can too with a chair but um you know we can do it in just a minute you know if if everybody's working together it's nice so nice. Yeah, that's so, so nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to her getting a little bit older and being able to share some of those chores. But for now, she does what she can. She goes and gets her fork when it's time for her to eat or whatever, yep. you know, she does what she can. She can now fill her water up from the she's tall yes. enough to reach the refrigerator water filter yeah. thing. So it's it's about those things too, like being, you know, having the dexterity, being tall enough, all of that. So celebrate yeah. those milestones yes um, yes my yeah. she's just turned five but when my kids are each about i don't know two or three years old when i when i do switch the laundry over and i we have um an older washer dryer actually a friend gave it to us years and years ago um really old probably 20 30 years old now the dryer you know is uh it's not a 
it's not like a front loading. Um, it's the kind that has the door that comes down and it's just a flat surface. And so I just put all the wet clothes on this door that's hanging open. And I'm like, okay, your job is going to be to push them in. And they just take this job so seriously. I mean, I could have just thrown yeah. them in. But, um, I mean, they're like, I am really good at this job, mom. And so, so baby steps. So, cute. <laughs> so, yes, baby steps. Yeah, that's so cute. Yeah, I think, like, her being home, honestly, a lot with COVID um, is is a blessing in that way. She really does see the, like, oh, this is how the bathroom actually stays clean. Like, oh, <laughs> this is how the laundry gets to this is the steps. You know, she sees yeah. it because when she was at preschool, I used to have her in preschool just a couple of days a week, but it was all day. And uh -huh. she wouldn't, you know, those were the days that I would do those like big projects get and the things cleaning and those done. big cleaning. Yeah. yeah. And she, um, she didn't, she never saw it, you know, she just like walk into a house and it's clean. And now with COVID, she's like, oh, you take out the mop and that's what it's used for. And that's how you do. <laughs> so she's starting to learn a lot just based on that. Right. Yeah, I, I totally understand because that's when you get the stuff done. But now um, having the kids home, we have the three and my husband is working from home. Uh, his mm. his job, I think he has job security for the time being. His team got a little bit mm -hmm. smaller for other reasons. Mm -hmm. And so now they mm -hmm. really need each other. Um, but he's able to do it, totally. I would say, 80% from home. And then once every um, four to eight weeks, he has to go on site to be on call. Oh, that's not so, bad. That's nice. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little That's bit really about nice. your your business. You do strategy sessions. I do. You help people yeah, like mindset really and strategy. Like... So talk about that. You work primarily with entrepreneurs. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Are they always female or males and females? They're always they're always female. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how did yeah. you narrow down to this specific niche? You know, I. Um, I had a really hard time at first doing that. I wanted to work. I wanted to do everything, you know, because I do have a, a network marketing background. I actually speak internationally for a network marketing company. So I have a relationship with network marketing um, and that and I love talking about leadership when I was um you know, in my college and career readiness days in, in schools, I was teaching teachers a lot. I was doing a lot of workshops. So I understood leadership and things like that. So it was hard. I was all over the place. But um, my heart truly is in service-based um, entrepreneurship. And my message is really for women. Um, a lot of what I do is inspired by the fact that I'm a mother. Um, and not just a parent, but a mother. And a lot of what I do is inspired by, you know, um, growing up like a little girl, at, growing up as a little girl and wanting more, but not really being being able to reach for those things um, because of the way that society was and all those things. So I think that's why my message is mostly for women. Um, now, that's not to say I do have a couple of clients whose husbands like to watch my stuff and they will, um, it will help them in their own you know, journeys. Um, I've definitely sat down with some husbands of clients and said, okay, this is how you're going to, you know, set up your e-commerce store, or this is how you're going to get more real estate clients or whatever. I've definitely done that. Um, just as a, just as a thank you, um, to my clients and just as a perk for working with me. But for the most part, I am, uh, women centered. I think a lot of people would agree that my messaging is really just for, for females. And, um, and yeah, it's service-based because I really um, feel that that's the best way to make a transformation um, for your clients. So, so yesterday I uh, was on Facebook and I had joined your Facebook group to check you out. Yeah. And Thank um, you. you had a live call 
and I was able to come and watch most of it. And yeah. uh, what what are your co- coaching sessions like designed to do? Like that? Do you have multiple sure. different kinds? Like what was that call that mm-hmm. I watched? Yeah. So that was, that was a free coaching that I did. I like to every once in a while do some hot seat, I call it hot seat coaching where some mm-hmm. people apply and I put somebody, I'll pick somebody from the inquiries uh, and put them in the hot seat and we'll talk about a, a certain struggle that they're facing. And it is a lot like my coaching sessions. It's shorter. My coaching sessions are about 45 minutes instead of the half mm-hmm. hour. Um, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit shorter and obviously she's not, she's actually not a current client. So this was me jumping into not really knowing much about her struggles. So there's mm-hmm definitely some waters navigating, although she was um, a very, she's a very active community member in my group. So I did know a little bit about her business and, you know, um, how long she's been doing it and things like that. I did know that. Uh, So that was great. And I I try not to find out too much beforehand because I don't want to be extra prepared. I really do want it to look like, you know, this is, yeah, very natural. And this, this is who I am. I'm very much a no BS. I try to get down to, you know, the mindset issues that are happening. Her in particular, she was having trouble um, getting clients. Um, so we finally realized, you know, when you have trouble getting clients, it's it's one of three things. It's uh, your ideal client is wrong. You know, the person you're speaking to is not really the person for you. Um, therefore, your audience could be wrong. Uh, or it can be your messaging, just like what you're saying in your messaging could be attracting the wrong person. Um, what's your marketing like? And is it consistent? And then it can be your offer too. Um, for service-based entrepreneurs, they could, their offers could just be totally off in terms of what the result is. Um, and therefore they might not be speaking clearly about it. So you can kind of see how it, how all three of those categories sort of mesh into each other and they can, they can affect each other. So she was sort of saying, well, I'm not making enough money because I'm not getting enough consistent clients. And we were able to deduce that she has an ideal client issue. She's not messaging to the correct ideal client. She's probably holding back because she knows that she is um, not getting the right client. She's unhappy. It doesn't bring her joy. Uh, therefore, she's focused. She's focusing her efforts on other things. She's opening up a shop and she's, um, you know, trying to do all these other things. And it's because she's trying to take focus off the fact that her messaging is is not right and she knows mm-hmm. she doesn't have the audience but it's a vicious cycle if your messaging isn't right you're not going to get the audience then you're not going to sell your offers so we sort of you know the goal of every coaching session for me is to sort of give my clients a um an action step to move forward and make a discovery i mean whether it's small or not and i do like to celebrate wins i made sure that she understood that i you know it's it's a win to be having these issues um less than a year in business um, to, to have had some clients, but also to, to understand that you need to pivot and, um, and niche down a little bit more and how fear, it can be fear, you know, fear inducing, I'll say it's scary. Um, but it's the right thing to do for where she is in her business. And I think a lot of times a coaching session is about that, um, that understanding that, you know, you can, yes, you have a long way to go, but you can still celebrate where you are today and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so you did this as kind of a hot seat and then you've got something similar, a little bit longer for your one-on-ones. And then you also do a group. 
Yes, I have a group coaching program. Yeah, it's um, the group coaching program is called Fast Track to Four Figures. It is a six month container. And the ladies that get in there um, have started a business. They've maybe sold a little bit. They know that what they have to do, it's all service based businesses. They know what they have is is sellable. It can sell. They have social proof, um, but they haven't been able to make consistent four figure monthly income yet. And that would be life changing for these women. That's who that's for. Um, So in the six months, we we do we talk about all of the things that I know you need to hit four figure consistent months. Um, we talk about offer. We talk about building relationships, um, ideal client. So they get a self study course, but they also get action steps, implementation time, which I know it does not usually happen in group coaching. Uh, courses. They don't usually give you enough time to implement. I don't like to stand in people's way. Um, I'll give you two focused modules on this one thing. I'll give you some bonus training, some live videos, some encouragement. You'll get my hands on your business as much as I can. And at the end of the day, this is a support area for you to come back and say, okay, I tried this. It didn't work. What should I do next? Or I tried this. It worked. What do I do now? It works. I got a client. What the hell do I do now? (laughs) So it's a great, yeah, it's a great program. How many people? How many people do you have in this group coaching program? Or will it's, you allow? So I have two it? cohorts. Yeah, I have two cohorts right now. Each cohort is about five or six people. So okay. there's about 12-ish right now. Um, and right now I'm I'm open for another cohort um, and I have a few spots left. So that okay. will be it for 2020. And then I'll open again in 2021. Um, and it's more just, you know, when I feel I can handle another cohort um, based on my one-to-one workload uh, and my special projects workload. Um, and when I think that, you know, I, I will sort of mostly do an open enrollment, but i try to kind of batch them into cohorts just to make it easier for them. I think that's good for people to kind of move through at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And, reasons. Yeah. And they only have their, you know, they're with people who are only, you know, just a couple of months ahead of them at most. Mm-hmm. So sometimes mm-hmm. that's good too, um, that they're watching people that like have gotten through, you know, this really particular, um, this particularly tough one, like building relationships can be really tough for yeah. people, networking, getting themselves visible. Right. So um, when you have people in the group that, you know, they got through those things too, and they can reach down and say, yeah, you know, that was really hard. When Allison first said, we got to go build relationships. I was like, oh my God, this is so scary but here's what I did and here's what I'm doing now. And here's, you know, how it worked. And I think it's, I think it's important for them to sort of see that. So instead of me saying, Oh, my clients were, you know, have been helped by this instead of that, they can actually get, you know, from the horse's mouth. So I have two questions that, that are rising up with this one. Um, first of all, four figures a month, isn't that much. Do you have people Mm -hmm. that are making consistently five figure a month? That's, my one-to-one clients will typically do that. So that's sort of like, you know, you're making somewhere between one to nine K per month and you're very consistent with that. Mm -hmm. And you are paying your bills. You have paid down debt. You are paying your mortgage. You um, aren't, you know, uh, budgeting at the grocery store anymore. Um, You know, things like that. You're, you know, you're able to enjoy the finer things. You took your family on a small vacation, things like that, you know, Um, and it's time for the next level. It's time to hire a team. It's time to expand your services. Um, then that's a great candidate for my one-to-one program. So in my one-to-one okay. program, those, yeah. So we're we're working on you know that consistent five-figure income for the most part. Okay, got it. And then the other question is, um, you you mentioned that you had a past in direct marketing. 
or network yeah. marketing. Network and marketing. I'm curious if a lot of the women mm-hmm. that you're working with are in that networking space or if they're doing like their mm-hmm. own business, something organic that they grew. It's only service based that I work with right now. Um, the only other, uh, the only other exception to that is that I do have some one-to-one clients who are in the top 1% of their network marketing um, company. So if they are, you know, leaders, the leaders, um, then I will work with them. And mostly that's about leadership because at that point, you're not really selling the product anymore. You're managing your team of thousands of people. You're, right, um, right. you know, you're, you're selling the opportunity so that you can grow your team wide. Um, you're helping your team members grow deep. Um, and go wide and things like that. So, and because I have a relationship with a network marketing company where I do trainings for the, their entire, uh, teams, all their teams, um, that has been something that's just, uh, been a nice thing to be able to do and work that muscle as well. So I really enjoy that a lot. Yeah. That they would definitely be a different species than maybe like the other 99% for sure. They totally Um, are. Yeah. Yeah. And you said that you manage a team. Uh, what kind mm-hmm. of roles do you have people helping you with um, or what roles do people have on your team? Yeah, so I do have a podcast manager. I um, I released a podcast in October, so not that long ago. Um, so she is wonderful. So I have her <laughs> and she is my lifeline. I do have a general VA as well. And she has she sort of serves as my uh, Facebook group uh, manager. Um, everything on Facebook, my that's where my ideal client is. So that's where my platform tends to be. And she will be expanding into Instagram as well in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a website uh, designer that I keep. She designed my website and now I keep her on retainer. So that's okay. really helpful for getting the podcast up every week. Um, anything, you know, that I need a new program I'm doing, I need a landing page, you know, things like that. So, um, so that's my team. I did just hire another VA as well. She's a content VA. So she'll be helping me sort of repurpose content as I've brought on, um, the podcast, um, and wanting to nurture my audience in that way. So she's sort of guiding me along that route. Awesome. So that's four people. And then you said your husband is also helping you in some ways. How does he help you with this side of your business? So he doesn't help me so much with the service based, the coaching side of my business. You know, when there's a technical issue, my computer, uh, you know, my computer decides <laughs> yes. to sometimes freeze up. He's there. That's his thing. You know, um, he has picked out equipment for me that I otherwise don't have the time to research my webcam. He picked out my microphone, my AirPods. He's picked these things out. Um, he will fix anything going on. He's designed my office that the back here, that's a big sticker, um, that oh, would. Yeah? Yeah. So it's just a big sticker we got from Amazon. Um, And so he'll put that up. You know, he's very much um, involved in that way. Um, Anytime I need research done on a particular tech thing, he's there. Um, And of course, moral support is huge. I mean, uh, you know, my clients, their biggest thing is they need to manage their mind. But I'm noticing, especially as I level up, to being a six-figure business owner, everybody, everybody needs to manage their minds. <laughs> everybody yeah. needs to manage it. It's a big deal. And honestly, having his support um, is huge. So, you know, if he could get paid for that, he would probably, it would, there probably wouldn't be a salary that you could even put on that because having his support is just so amazing. So. I do hear a lot of uh, women uh, who are, you know, entre- in that entrepreneurial space who, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
like you have been able to retire their husband more or less right uh, bring them home and be part of the mm -hmm. business and then you got the other set who um they they're like well i don't my husband doesn't really believe that you know this is going to really work and not right. feeling supported and actually sometimes discouraged um right. with you know the people in their life uh kind of and and I, I can kind of understand both. Like when I did my mm -hmm. online store, you know, that was that was working. It was selling. And this mm -hmm. business, you know, I have things in in motion that we're going to be launching, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the next few weeks even. But mm -hmm. in the meantime, it's kind of a scary place to be sometimes. And, you know, totally. you really have to have some trust as far as like, you know, is this going to work? Or are you just going to like drain our resources? Yeah. Yeah, and actually you you nailed it on the head. Trust is exactly what needs to happen. Um, I deal with this a lot also, especially when it comes to selling my group coaching program, um, because that's for the woman who, you know, has sort of made like somewhere between zero and $500 in their business and knows that they can make it more, but it's just not happening. Um, and so the maybe they've been struggling for months or years. And so their spouse is kind of like, Oh, you know, now you want to, now you want to pay in you know, to something you want to spend money on something that you haven't been making anything. And the thing is, is like when you can the trust number one, absolutely and knowing having the belief that you can, you know, live the life that you want to live, um, and that you can, you know, you can have that support. Um, and then the other thing also is just remembering that this is an investment. Every time you spend time or money on your business, you are investing. And you hope that you will get the ROI, right? The return on investment. You hope that that's the case. Now, what sometimes the spouses don't understand is that their wife or, or their partner, who's the one in business, is spending a lot of time and if they're not spending money, then they're spending time. And sometimes the ROI is not as high because when you have little kids or when, you know, you have just a few hours a week because your husband works full time um, and you've got that quality, you know, you want that quality time. Time is just as important. I mean, you have to decide you're still taking a risk. You're still rolling the dice in terms of what the investment is. And if you can look at it as, OK, yes, I'm investing money or I'm investing time and I will get it back. And this is how and this is my action plan. And I believe and trust that I can do that. Um, then I think it's I think it's better. But I know that a lot of people don't really have that conversation. They kind of just look at the hard numbers and they say, well, it's not in my bank account. Therefore, I can't do it. And it's like it's just not that way. I mean, um, I'm not saying you have to spend money you always have to spend money, but if you don't invest in your business in, at a higher level, um, then you're just going to stay small. And I know that there is, you know, not everyone will be successful. You know, not every right. single small business is gonna, you know, grow into this seven figure thing, That's you right. know, empire. It's not for everybody. It's not for <laughs> it's everybody. Not. No. Um, you know, we we both just recently launched a podcast and mm -hmm. I, have, um, I have an interview coming up and, I was talking with this guy I was scheduling with, and I knew that he launched a podcast recently, and I asked him how it was going, and he's like, well, you know, we did nine episodes, and then I stopped. And they call that pod fade. You know, you start a podcast. Oh, and I've never heard that. Pod fade, yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and, um, and I know you're right around that same point, too, and I was just a few mm -hmm. weeks ago, and now we're, I think you're going to be, I don't know, I don't want to say the episode number, but we're getting close to 20 right now. Um, and I'm like, I think we have momentum, but there's a lot more work to this than I thought. Um, oh, even with so like light editing, I do have um, 
I have a VA who's primarily helping me with my podcast right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I ended up spending a lot of time trying to get that transcript. And I know you said your podcast manager does this at all. And I saw your transcript and it looked, Mm -hmm. it looked great. Um, And then you talked about wanting to try to, it sounded like you wanted to try to repurpose. So your content editor will be helping you repurpose. How will you do that? Because I'm going to have, you know, these transcripts, Mm -hmm. when you put them out, they're like, 20 page documents, you know, it's 45 minutes to an hour of conversation and there's so much gold in here. But then if you wanted to glean it, like, are you going to try to like turn in Mm -hmm. a pot, sorry, a blog into, or (laughs) I can't even, are you going to try to make a blog out of this? Yeah, it exists as a blog um, on my website, technically. Um, That's how my website um, manager, girl, extraordinary human, wonderful person does it. Um, And yes, the content VA will help me. Um, She's really going to help me figure out, okay, you know, you've got this, you're offering this, you're offering this, you're offering this, what are you going to talk about? And yes, how are we going to understanding that I have put a lot of content out there and not repurposed it the way that I should because I don't have the time. Um, So she's more going into my Facebook group and taking my lives and repurposing them, you know, transcribing them almost, but just taking out bits and pieces. Same thing with the podcast. She'll look at the transcript and she'll sort of take out bits and pieces Um, before Mm -hmm. I will go into a month of, you know, before I go into a month of business, I will know what content I'm putting out there. Eventually I'll start to get ahead (laughs) and I'll know what um, I'm putting out there and then she'll know sort of, okay, like what am I repurposing and all that. Um, because I do, I have like a year at least, um, of live videos in my Facebook group that I haven't necessarily repurposed. Um, Mm -hmm. those can work in as emails as well. Um, so, you know, an Instagram post, which is sort of Instagram's sort of my secondary platform. It's all just repurposed content, except for the stories where, you know, I, I just talk about, um, what's in my oil, my essential oil diffuser and, like what my dog is doing. Like, I'm just, I'm so random on stories. It's unbelievable. Um, and so <laughs> I, I, doing them. I haven't I'm... been on, I haven't done a single one. I will. Oh, really? Oh, they're, they're fun. I mean, they're fun, but like, I seriously, sometimes I just don't know, like we get HelloFresh. Um, and sometimes I'll take a picture of like what our HelloFresh meal is or something mm-hmm. I, like, or what new shirt I got, or like, you know, if I got like something in the mail, I mean, if my dog looks cute, I mean, it's seriously, it's just, it's all over the place. Um, But so she's helping me sort of like organize that and make sure I understand like that when I put a piece of content out there, it's not just going to live as that piece. It can break up. Um, And, you know, I will say that my podcasts are not nearly as long. Um, When I have a guest on, maybe it's a little bit longer, but I am very much like a no BS. I, I draw the straightest, shortest line from you to the money. Um, therefore, we don't have a lot of time. And so, you know, my podcast episodes tend to be somewhere between eight and 15 or 20 minutes long. Uh, okay. And a lot yeah. of I'm all about the conversation. Long. I like to really yeah. dig in there. So yeah, so you're just no, really good. straightforward yeah. and get it to the point and let's make you some money. When I'm by myself, yeah. But like, you know, if mm-hmm. I have a guest I love, I just had a body confidence coach on. She her episode will be coming up soon. Um, and so that was that was great. You know, body confidence. I talk about body confidence all day. I'll talk to you all day. You know, that ended up being the longest podcast episode that I've had so far. Um, so I think with another person, I'm very happy to just continue chatting. And I did want mm-hmm. the podcast to make sure I wanted to make sure the podcast was about real and raw conversations about 
either things that like sort of grind your gears about the online business world or um, what you're looking to change and not necessarily a spotlight on someone's business. So um, although, of course, that will happen um, naturally, it's more of a natural conversation of like, OK, we're, we're peers in this space. What do we not like? What do we wish people knew? And how can we be like real and raw about this conversation right now? I like so, it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know we only have a few minutes left and I had a couple other questions I wanted to ask you. I like to ask people sure. about their, uh, how many hours were you working when you were in uh, your brick and mortar, your schools, your counseling position? Mm -hmm. And then how uh -huh. many hours are you working now? Oh gosh. Okay. So I was one of those people that I, I had a crazy, I still have a crazy strong work ethic. Um, so yeah. I, and I didn't have a child yet. I didn't have a family really. So mm -hmm. I would stay at work, um, forever. I mean, and then I checked my email from home. Uh, it must have been a contract 40 hours. It must have been more like 50 or 60. I also traveled for, for them and I did speaking engagements around the country mm -hmm. for them um for that for the my last um school so you know when you add all that in i mean it's it had to have probably been like 50 to 60 hours a week and um with my yeah. business now it's definitely closer to 30. Okay. i would say sometimes maybe 40 um but it's probably closer to 30. and i would like to get it down to like 2025 but of course that's my team you know mm -hmm. helping and all that so yeah. And as you're bringing new people on, you'll be able to mm -hmm. to relinquish some of these tasks. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Every, it's all still new. It's new to me and it's new to them. Uh, some of them it's not new to so that they know what they're doing. They're experts, but we're new to working together. So, yeah. um, you know, and I'm learning a lot, too. I'm learning a lot about leadership and um, about, you know, delegating and outsourcing mm. things and letting go. And what can I automate? What can I let them automate? And, you know, yeah. uh, being OK when there's an, a mistake that happens and yeah. Um, really understanding, like, you know, Allison, you're doing this task right now and you really don't like doing it. It really takes mm -hmm. you away from what you want to do and it makes yep. you, it burns you out and it makes you upset. So understanding that like, okay, that's got to go on the list of like, who can do this task? Which one of yeah. the four ladies is right. going to be lucky enough to do this? <laughs> <laughs> to take this off my plate. Yeah. And yeah, training they... them too, you know, um, teaching them to do it. So. Mm -hmm. It takes time and it takes time to build that relationship where you feel like you can, again, like we talked about earlier, trust, right. trust that they can, you know, do how you would have done it or close to at least. Um, and one more Absolutely. question I usually ask everyone is, do you have any, mm -hmm. not only um, digital, but maybe also physical things that you use that have just made your business a little bit better or made that transition to working from home a little easier for you? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Trello is something I use every day. And it's a great, you know, if you if anybody listening has never heard of it, it's like sticky notes on a wall, but in a digital sense. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's great. I actually have a Trello expert in my group coaching program right now. Um, awesome. And so she I've definitely gleaned some advice from her every once in a while. Mm -hmm. But I have a Trello board for every one of my clients, which is great, because I'm able to put action steps in there or coaching notes, um, if I want to give them a resource, like an a little ebook I made or a video I created for them or something that I can put it in the Trello board and they have it forever. It's their personal board. It's private. Mm -hmm. um, it's also been very helpful to me to be able to communicate with uh, with the members of my team. Um, my whole podcast is on a Trello board. <laughs> and so okay. yeah. everybody can kind of be on that Trello board and pick from what they need. Um, so and that's been great. And what's nice about being on the go is that there's an app for Trello. 
So I even use it in my personal. I just set up a Trello board for holiday gifts for 2020 because <laughs> I want to nice. stay on track of like, yeah, when Black Friday hits, I want to know, okay, is this thing, is this particular thing I'm buying? Is this on sale? Like, what kind of sale? Should I wait till Cyber Monday? What's going on? And like, I don't want to overbuy. I don't want things coming to the house. And like, I don't know who I bought that for, you know? Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. So I have used Trello in the limited sense, but never to that extent. And I've heard of some yeah, people yeah. that have... Some people, I think I interviewed uh, a woman two days ago or a couple, mm -hmm. two episodes ago, who said that she has moved from Trello to Basecamp to have, you know, so there's oh, interesting. some people, you know, there's just different ways that you can manage things and have that communication. Um, totally. But I can definitely see why that would work. We are almost totally. out of time, but I usually ask if you yeah. have anything that you would like to just, you know, we're working with entrepreneurs and employees. Is there anything that you've right. learned along the way or any advice that you want to give mm -hmm. that would just help people who are working from home for the first time or who want to improve mm -hmm. their work from home situation? Sure. Yeah. So I think building habits is the best way to make sure that you keep your mind steady and you keep your work, you know, flowing. It's a consistency thing. So there's a really great book called Atomic Habits um, that really and I don't have the author's name off the top of my head right now, but um, it. it's it's. Yeah, it's a great, great book. Um, and, you know, whether you're an employee or you're your own boss, it's a great book to understanding how you can build habits, um, how you can build a morning routine, how you can build an evening routine, how you can take a lunch break, like all of these things and, and how they are so helpful to your productivity and really that success that you that you want. You know, I read a book a long time ago. It was by Ariana Huffington, and she suggested that a lot of people think success is two-legged. It's money and it's power. But actually, there's a third leg. And that third leg is your life. It's who you want to be. It's your creativity. It's your family. It's your um, sleep. It's taking care of yourself. It's that third leg is that is also a part of, you know, what success should be like. So I think building habits is really helps those other two legs really stand nicely. Um, the Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is also a really great book. So I would suggest if you're having trouble building habits to read those books, um, dive into those resources and make sure that you are building them because this is your life. This is we don't want our lives. Sometimes when we're working at home, we we're like, oh, it's Friday already. It was just Tuesday. I'm still sitting in the same spot. You know, we want we want our life to actually happen too. we you know, we don't want our weeks to just go by. So building in habits is one way to do that. Thank you for the recommendations. I'll make sure to put those yeah. into the show notes. Sure. Yeah, All right, Allison. Thank you. This has been a pleasure. I appreciate thank everything you. that you talked about with me and kind of yeah. going through that conversation. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Good, good. All right. Well, this yeah. is April Malone. I'm with Yes, I Work From Home. And I'm with Allison Nelson. Thank you so much, Allison. We'll see you next time. Thanks, April. Yep. See you next time. <laughs>